When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett and with me to discuss two more wins... Uh, two cup wins. Um, I've got our newest and most regular and reliable member. He's the Virgil van Dyke of the podcast. It's Hamza Kalik Lunat, uh, sports writer at the Times. Evening, Hamza. Evening, everyone. Um, van Dyke is is far too kind. Uh, Kwanzaa is. Uh, I'd, I'd be more than happy with that. No, Jarrell's not an, a day, an everyday player, an everyday starter yet. So well, well, uh, Virgil missed midweek, didn't he? Well, the, the Arsenal match, so. Oh, did it? Yeah, of course it is. Okay, yeah, all right. Okay, so if you don't want him, I'll, I'll, I'll just have to say Joe Gomez then. That, that's I'm more than happy with that. Joe, Joe Gomez is excellent. <clears throat> yeah, and 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 to help us go through these two games as well as Hamza, it's the most unexpected start since Virgil Van Dijk against Lincoln City in the Carabao Cup. It's Mister Simon Brundish. Evening, boys. I can't believe I got drafted into this at the last at the last minute. Double. Double domestic cup pod site. Double Mickey Mouse competition cup. Yeah. Happy days. At least we won them both. Did we? I beg you. <laughs> we won them. Because one's, a, one's, one's a two-leg tie, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we're, we're through to the next round, you see, they say. That's what you really want to know, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. How annoying would that be to not win, having gone through that first leg? Well, yeah, that would be annoying. But anyway, you are on because we were meant to be recording yesterday, but then Rosie got ill yet again. Rosie, poor Rosie. I mean, get well soon, mate. I hope this pod can cheer you up a little bit. Have a whip round for Rosie to get some vitamin C supplements. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so then we had to delay by a de- by twenty four hours. So so um, so Brundish could join us. But we are going to talk about Arsenal first. Um, it's been a while ago now, Sai, so you probably... Um, I don't <laughs> probably remember bloody thing, yeah. No recollection of this at all. But, you know, I'm, guess, I'm going to start with the most important thing, as always, which which, which is, is 
two league matches in January. I think it is, uh, um, well, one on the first day, one on the last day, and one in between, isn't it? Three league matches in January. Yeah. And everything else is, is dedicated to the Cups. And um, so this was a normal weekend-to-weekend schedule, wasn't it, Put to the to the Arsenal game? But yeah. obviously, it's a cup competition. It's a, But we went pretty much well. Virgil was... The only absentee, I'd say, was Virgil. That was it. Everybody else played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. The Virgil, but Virgil was supposed to play and then he was ill. So he wasn't rested or anything. He was just ill. So Virgil would have played... Yeah, it's first team. This is Ali's playing in the cup. Yeah, yeah, and because it was because in midweek it was um it was it was back to uh, Ginger Kev, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to give us the um just the the lineups for us then, uh, Sai? So you got well, you got uh, Trent as captain, which is is I, I'm enjoying this. This is a nice sight. This is a new. This is a, an evolution in the character, and uh, I. I <laughs> As we're uh, we're gonna uh, expand on uh, two games I barely watched. Uh, we, <laughs> uh, I, it's it's a good moment for me to uh, touch on how Liverpool two is um, I think got accelerated by the characters we took out, and it's mm. enabled it creates space mean. for the young characters <laughs> to ex- to grow. And it and Trent is really filling his shirt these days. Let's say in, in an old cliche, he looks like a warrior. He looks like a leader. He wants that moment. Like he's begging for the to be the star, isn't he? All the time, and and he seems to be. Ironically, uh, there are a couple of moments this season that that uh, he has. He, uh, had turned on other players for making bad passes, Virgil even. Um, whereas he's he spent the previous seven years of his career having Hendo scream at him for making a bad for Hendo making a bad pass. So it gives him just a little bit more space to grow, and uh, yeah. I, I I think we're seeing the fruits of it. Yeah. So it, it was it was Jones and Mark in in midfield. Uh, Cody we got Kwanzaa was back in for his midweek. Uh, start. Yeah. C- Cody was Cody was. Cody was playing as the, as the second eight, and and Elliot was the um, the 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 unlucky one who had to try and do the impression of Mo Salah on the right. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think this is uh, going back to the other cup game that I didn't, didn't talk about. Um, that we largely played that game. We inverted how we played. I thought that game and and uh, in West Ham. Yeah, 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 um, and. Harvey was trying to be the connector coming deep all, all the time. He wasn't staying high at all. And we were trying to get in behind down the left. And that was my idea of what was going to happen in this game. And it just didn't, it just, well, Arsenal kind of blew our doors off early on in the game, didn't it? So maybe it changed how, how we, we tried to approach things tactically. Do, do, but, do, you think it's, do you think it's fair to say that Harvey basically plays in the same position on the pitch, whether he's notionally in the front three or in the midfield three anyway? He'll just play, he'll just plays in the same area of the pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There, there, there were maybe three moments in the game where he was, but in both the games, to be fair, where he's trying to run off the back of uh, of Kiwi or whatever he's called. Yeah. Um, 
And there was one moment where he was he actually turned around to scream at Canate for not not make, knocking the pass uh, a long pass into him. Yeah. Um, and then one moment where he did it to McAllister, and and he, but he got, wouldn't be able to he wouldn't be able to get separation on anybody exactly, anyway. Well, one time he got behind um, the uh, Arsenal lad, left back, but by the time the pass could have been made, the guy was already back in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's playing up, um, and then Diaz and Darwin yeah. um, up front, off the left, and CJ back in midfield with Max starting as the six again for for the first time in I think it's thirteen games. Yeah, Sheffield United was when he got injured, wasn't it? Start of December. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Hamza, um, as somebody who lives in London and unfortunately has to deal with a lot more Arsenal fans than me and Sai. Um, Arsenal had played well, but got very bad results over Christmas. Um, and they went in with a kind of um, halfway house team, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. So they made a few changes. Uh, Kivio came in at left back. Reese Nelson played on the left. Jorginho started as well. Otherwise, and, and Raya swapped for, for, uh, for Ramsdale. Otherwise, that's around about the sort of starting team. Other than those well, well, big big change for Havertz though, playing in the false nine role rather than the midfield, yeah, yeah. And the way that they used them was in a <coughs> sort of change their shape as well, mm. sort of four four two or four two two two, and that causes a few problems because um, Erdegaard joined with Havertz to form that front two when they were pressing, uh, and that front two. Uh, off, well, usually if you just got front two, it screens a pass into midfield, but because Trent goes into midfield for for Liverpool, uh, that. That means that Havertz, as the player on the left side of their attack, uh, is also attempting to screen that pass into into Trent. And at the same time as he's doing that, uh, Reese Nelson was squeezing on Trent as well. So they made a quite a concerted effort to make sure that Alexander Arnold couldn't get the ball and release it quickly. And they were looking to squeeze Liverpool to the left side, uh, allowing Gomez like the first free touch and then trying to squeeze on him. Uh, because he's a right-footed player playing on the left side, uh, and sometimes his first touch is just going to be with his right foot uh, inwards towards his own goal. And the, there's a press, I think, in the first half, maybe 20 minutes in. Maybe, actually, it's a bit early in that, sorry. It was in, it was in that first 15-minute period where, the, where Saka stole it off Gomez as he did exactly that. So, yeah, a, f- a few changes that they made. Uh, but, yeah, to come back to your point as well, in the past few matches, uh, they've just sort of undershot their XG by around... Six, I think uh, it's a yeah. Well, after after this game, there was there's a three match run where they are they are combined nine goals under expected at both ends. Mm. So that's what you call the double whammy, I think, yeah. Hamza. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, what a shame! What a shame! Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, there's a few matches where they, they did play well and it didn't quite happen. You yeah. take the, their match against West Ham, they didn't play too well against Fulham, but they did still create a few chances. Isn't it? Yeah, and, and they took match, the lead, yeah. yeah. They had quite. Uh, quite a significant number yeah. of chances in the, in the opening 15 as well but as in that that I think that just sort of happens I think what, what's far more sort of um, well uh, uh, because they, they look quite good in that first 15 you might think well actually they'll probably just shake this sort of rut off and be able to convert their chances uh as the season goes on, but we'll see but yeah um, a few changes that they did make and- well unfortunately they were relying on a should we say uh, I, I called him on Twitter I called him a, a below replacement level finisher in Kai Havertz. <laughs> so um, I didn't get away with it because the Arsenal Arsenal Twitter didn't find it. But um, I, yeah, I, he just looks, 
it, it does not look like a forward in any way when he comes when he comes to in front of goal, does he, with habits? I, I think the key with him has always been that when he was at Leverkusen, he was playing as sort of a second striker, yeah. a box crashing player, so in, yes. in support of a striker. Uh, and that meant that he was... Uh, for example, if it's a counter-attacking situation, one player would sort of the centre forward running. He the was box, never the focal point, was he? Exactly that. So then, what he's good at is finding space uh, and attacking that, and then exploiting that. Not necessarily being a sort of uh, a player that, like a, a a good striker, will just see an opportunity and seize it straight away. Yeah. He'll have a scruffy finish. But the key is there to get the shot off early. Uh, that's that's what sort of separates a good striker just from a, a normal striker or a normal player. They're able to get the shot off early, surprise a goalkeeper, and get it on target. Uh, I, that's why the sort of if you go through a goal reel of a top goal scorer, there's loads of like just rubbish, scruffy finishes that just yeah. go in because they're able to take it early and get a shot away from whatever angle they receive the ball at. Uh, um, Havertz doesn't quite have that because that's never been him. Yeah. I think that's one reason why they tried to play him as an eight this season. And the reason I think they played him as a sort of false nine, double ten in the, in this match is, is more so for his pressing ability. Yeah, rather well, than he was pressing. good at that, to be fair. They were very good at that. Yeah. Um, but just come on to... I'm not going to do the whole match summary because it's there's no point because it is, it, this is the cliched game of two halves. Um, so first half, the possession was 53-47 to Arsenal. The shot count was 13-2 to in Arsenal's favour. Five shots on target to zero for Arsenal. Four big chances to nil. Wow, what a, what a kicker that is. Four big chances to nil. And 1.3 expected goals to Arsenal and 0.1 to us. But it was nil-nil. Um, and well, I'm not going to... We don't want to spend too much talking about blowing smoke up Arsenal's backside because they missed all their chances, Si. I'd rather it's a Liverpool podcast. Um, we we weren't very good first half. We weren't very good at all. No, I don't think we were entirely very good the whole game, but we we, we were largely very poor. I think um, the, 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 as Hamza pointed out, the way they set up surprised us. They forsake uh, having anybody centrally to press the centre-backs and they just played the double tens to stop our pivots from from playing out, stop mm. Trent and Mac having the ball. Um, it was smart. It took it took us till half time to figure it out, figure out how to get around it. Um, but when we did, we kind of uh, we took control of the game a little bit for for the first fifteen of the second half. We we were we were by far the better team, mm. um, and then it it just changed the dynamics of the game. Um, and then they chase in at the end of the game after we get a little bit of luck here and there. Um, and that they were then trying to fix the tactical problems we caused them rather than the other way around. So uh, we, we talk, how many times did we talk last season about clock getting out tacticked? Yeah. And nearly every match. He had a terrible season last season. You did. And most of our players had a terrible season last season. And I, I, I listened to, I mean, everybody else would have done, but um, catching up after being ill, I listened to clips of Milner talking to some, uh, oh God, the high performance wankers. Um, <laughs> Jake Humphreys. Oh, fucking. Um, <laughs> Jake Humphreys goes on my mantelpiece next to Man United trophies. Oh, um, anyway. That they, um, he he was talking about um, like the Barcelona game and how key it was, and if we hadn't have won that, then that team would have been broken up. Um, 
because the just the taking the devastation away from 97 points and not winning the league and uh, on the back of losing a Champions League final season before, all that stuff. And I think the quad drove, like ruined the brain uh, and the horrible Champions League final. It, it really got into, into the brain of, uh, of so many of our players and staff, as well as fans, me too, for sure. Um, and I think he's, I think whatever happened, the reset, I think finding joy in football, which yeah. is what <clears throat> did after the Arsenal game last season, um, it solved something and there's fun and, uh, and it's, it's, um, it inspired Klopp and the staff to fight, to, to be curious again and to solve problems and feel like they're good at it. And, and he has been, I would say he is well in credit this season in games where he is positively affected. I think uh, maybe even in game more than any time. Yeah. Klopp. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said in, I think he said in March, early March last season, he said um, any other manager in the world would have been sacked by now. Yeah. There's after Brighton, right? Yeah. After we lost to Brighton again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Hamza, um, yeah, your thoughts on that? Um, that first, we were very narrow, weren't we? And we didn't, we didn't adapt to Arsenal's tactics. I mean, do you do you think there's anything we could have done with the personnel available? Obviously, no Salah, no Van Dyke. Um, well, um, I guess where to play Nunez has been a, a question. For, um, well, four uh, four touches was it in the first half or six six touches yeah and um one thing he has improved on this season definitely compared to last is is his his exchange and build up play and hold up yeah. um it, it was quite hard for him to and when you're not getting width and pace from from Elliot on the right well, uh, we get, we were getting width and pace from no one we didn't have any yeah. width at all uh, in this and, in that half and when diaz is, is roaming yes uh, that means that the the opportunity for for Nunez to display his pace and speed isn't quite there. Uh, as yeah. in, so usually if you've got uh, pace and width on on both sides, and the, the number nine can drop in, and you still have pace and width from the forward line as a whole, right? Yeah. But if if those two wide players aren't doing that, uh, and they're squeezing the supply into Nunez, and they're not being able to play direct in behind for him to run onto, then uh, then you don't really get to see any of his best attributes, well, any of his best physical attributes, that is. Uh, so, yeah, um, that's why when the change came in the second half, he he was able to display those skills, which which made him much much more effective. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it, 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 in, it was... Uh, there's no point criticising him in the first half because he had no supply and it was a really tough situation for him. Making that move was. But it wasn't just a. It wasn't just a top end of the pitch creativity issue. It was. It was a build. We just couldn't build at all from the back. At, you know, we couldn't. We couldn't get anything going. And I, I, I'm just looking at Bart's um, stats pack as well. He just basically said that it, our passing volume in terms of our chains of passing was the lowest it's been all season in terms of. So we just couldn't get anything going. I, you know, obviously, you know, you're missing your. Ba- you're, you're missing your most important build up player from the back in Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. And you and you're missing your most important creative hub in in Mo Salah up front for penetration. So and there are a few things Liverpool tried. Uh, Curtis Jones dropped deep to sort of help yeah. lend an extra body. Gakpo even swapped with with Trent for one particular sequence. So he came super deep to allow Tre- uh, Trent to just move a bit forward, further forward and pose a question to Reese Nelson. But none of that quite seemed to work. Even Gomez moved a bit higher up, so Jones would drop into that space. But again, yeah. Um, 
changing tact and being a bit more direct was was what paid dividends. And, and in that first fifteen minutes as well, I think um, both teams had a quite a lowish um, pass percentage rate. So both teams were around seventy five percent. Arsenal because they were trying forward passes a lot, uh, so they'd win the ball and try and move it forward very quickly, which is what they also did uh, at Anfield, I think, in the first. 10-15 minutes there as well uh, well Liverpool's was slow just because they couldn't quite uh, uh, release properly after that period it sort of settled down and both teams had a sort of more normal sort of um, su- success rate but yeah for, for that first period um, it was it was quite tough work if you, if you look at distribution as well uh, the, in the first half, we had eight uh, percent long ball rate and in the second second half 15.8 percent long ball rate mm-hmm. so we the way we decided to approach totally changed and in the first half we were doing the thing that we've been doing which is trying to play out through the middle um with occasional switches and like the the big ball inside out to mo who kills it dead we don't quite have that same quality the the 40 yards pass uh switch from virgil who is the best in the world at it, to Mo, who is the best in the world at receiving it. Mm. You take those two out, it's quite a significant change. On 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 top of that, we were we had a lot of deep possession that was under pressure, but it was yeah. in the centre of the pitch. And then we were trying to play down the right-hand side, which they were blocking off and overloading. Uh, Odegaard's an absolute like pressing monster, and they've got Rice down there. Um and in the second half, we to- we obviously changed shape, um, but we tried to play down the down the width. So first half, seventy um, percent of possession was in was outside of the two wider zones, and in the second half, was it, yeah. So when I say outside, what I mean is not within that. So the, it, it was actually in the middle of the pitch. And in the second in the second half, it was almost 50-50 what was in the middle of the pitch and what was out. Um, and it's obviously normal to have a lot of possession between the centre backs and centre midfielders. But they were we we had basically nothing after the centre circle in the middle of the pitch. It was all wide and mostly left as well. The, um, so we were trying to play around their press out wide, um, and it worked over the top and around. Um, was there any of the Arsenal misses that you particularly enjoyed, um, Hamza? Um, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the worst thing about this match was I, I was at Luton Bolton, so I had to watch that oh. diabolical <laughs> match. Like, that was so bad. And then I sort of oh, did the press gosh. conference and they had it on in the TV, so I was watching it there. But um, no, I, I, to be honest, no, my, my brain was frazzled from bad football yeah. and just looking up and just seeing a sort of nightmare play out. I, th- um, I, th- I think, I think, I think, I think the uh, one for me was the Odegaard one because he, he literally had, uh, I think Ali was prone at that point and he, and he had three quarters of the goal to aim at and he just decided to smash it against the crossbar. It was, uh, yeah, rather enjoyed because he's, he's normally one of their best finishers. Doing a Darwin. Don't. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about... So we give them credit to the coaching staff. Um, winning the tactics is good, isn't it? Say, si, it's really fun, winning the tactics. It's so, quite helpful. Yeah. It's quite helpful. And Hamza, what, you, without, we haven't had your uh, view on this for, last, for, for, for the previous three years, in that they... Uh, what, my view is that our in-game changes of, like, nuanced changes of tactic and intent per player 
is so much higher. The variability in how in our strategies is so much higher than it has been in any season. Uh, Taking our two best seasons comparatively, we try mo- a, a larger variety in and out of possession than we've ever done before. Uh, I think that's true, but I think it's that there's also a variety amongst the squad which which enables that on a technical level. So, for example, the, the midfielders this season uh, are of a higher technical level than I think that we've had in previous years under Klopp and yeah under Klopp uh, of course Thiago's missing and Thiago's the big difference maker but when you have that level of when you have all these players that can do loads of things really well and also do their own very specific things really well it just gives you the opportunity to, to think about things in different ways uh, likewise the forward line is quite varied as well uh, even though uh, Jota's been out for a while uh, in Nunez Diaz uh, Jota, Salah and Gakpo again are five different players that all do their own things which gives you the opportunity to play in different ways as well and even even Elliot if you cl- count him amongst the, the, the forwards as well they all offer different things so that, that just gives you the opportunity to, to be a bit more inventive but yeah uh, at the same time like when you see how Liverpool have used Trent in particular uh, that suggests a far more sort of inventive and uh, innovative approach to 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 to, to in-game tactics because we, we we see in this match how he moves around and goes wide and then moves into midfield. Uh, I, I don't know if that would have happened in previous years, but maybe we, we didn't see a player like a 24-year-old Trent in in previous iterations of the team. So, well, to, to be honest, it's fair to say with Trent, it's, you know, with the last four, five, six weeks, he's been the best player in the league. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's it's just it, it, he is literally he's always been brilliant and but he's 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 taken his brilliance for new reason for to new levels and a lot of that's to do with the reasons as I said at the start. Um, yeah, he's definitely taking a he's definitely well, leading from the front. So here's here's an extra uh, abstract question, right? So when I was a kid, there was talk of um, I, I, I Brian talk, Robson. It would have been say yeah no no no. I talk about Glenn Hoddle a lot on him. Um, if and he had like thirty five caps for England and. If uh, there was always talk of if he was Brazilian, he would have had 150 caps. Yeah. Like if uh, you hear that a lot, if Letizia was born in a different country, like they value different qualities in a footballer and he would have had so many more caps. Like these days, like it's, it's, a, it's a surprise your sister doesn't have caps for the for the boys England team. They give them around so easily. So you can't really make that comparison because everybody has 150 caps. Um, but my point about Trent is that is there any chance that Trent's always been this player and we got his position wrong in the first place? 
Yeah. But it, it would be his, we, his, 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 we underestimated his his abilities and stuck him at right back. Well, he didn't stay there, and he could have been a ten. To be to be fair, we did call him the play the best playmaker, best playmaker on their team when he was eighteen. We were yeah, saying that true. constantly. But maybe he could have been a ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my point. I, I'm, I'm really. I suppose I'm being just devil's advocate for a second, which I'm. I, I enjoy, but. It's more like you know. So, we, so, give so the, we give the coaches credit for giving him the opportunity to play midfield. Yeah, but is there a chance that he always should have been? Well, the only reason he ended up playing midfield, let's be clear, is because we tried every other thing last season to fix yeah. our problems, and nothing worked. And the and literally, it was last chance saloon, and we said let's try inverted fullbacks instead. And lo and behold, you know, it, you know, transformed our season for the last six weeks. Yeah. Absolutely, but it's a little bit like I know there's a comparison with Gareth Bale, but a lot like Gareth Bale in that Gareth Bale Trent hadn't been playing well. That was one of the things he we we can't argue he hadn't been playing well. Yeah, and it was having the worst period of his career. And when Gareth before Gareth Bale, like before he played against Inter Milan, like he'd set the record for the most matches played in by a Spurs player without winning at left back. He was wank and. He got shunted into midfield because they had too many left backs, basically. And suddenly he became one of the best players in the world. Sometimes yeah. coaches are wrong. It's a bit of contingency as well there, right? I think Klein got injured and then that was it. That was Liverpool near the right back. And yeah. yeah, he got in because Klein was injured. Who, who can play yeah. midfield and right back. Yeah. Uh, can get his shot. And he was good at right back. So I think often it's just contingency rather than planning or... Or design, just there's so, there's so much luck involved in sport. Yeah, exactly. But he's, he's still only twenty four, right? Say, sure, twenty five, twenty five now. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, still plenty of plenty of his peak ahead of him, and in this position, he could absolutely go on to be one of the great players of all time. Yeah, absolutely. We could we could legitimately have four of the great players of all time playing in the same team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, talk about Trent. Um, he he was the one who broke the deadlock with a with a wicked ball in. And um, you know, you say you're talking about the uh, we we gradually got a grip of the game in the second half, and you can see it with the um, uh, you can see it with the the wave the opta wave thing on Fotmob, and it was a really nice peak, our real first one of the match, Chris coming up to that opening goal. Um, yeah, and we'd we'd had we'd, we'd started to go close. Trent hit the bar in the, the end, the very end of the first half as well, which was an outrageous effort. Um, but yeah, it was it's one of those balls that you just just need to touch off anybody, isn't it, Sai? Because it's so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a, it was it was a Trent ball, but even though we needed no, even though we we had pressure and we changed the the how the game felt, like we needed a a big slice of luck to change this game. And that was it. Um, and from then we ended up doing a brilliant thing afterwards. But w- when we were the best team in the world, we still had uh, four own goals and I think 16 set piece goals. Yeah. Yeah. So you need a little bit of luck, usually against a deep block, but that's not what happened in this game, but because Arsenal were really good. Um, but um, it was a huge slice of luck in our favour. Yeah, I would have yeah. preferred it was in the league game. 
Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we did have, I think it was, I think we had four shots in six minutes before that, before that free kick that led to the goal. Yeah, but we didn't. But they'd had we we'd at that point we'd had yeah. five shots in the box. They'd had four shots in the box. They had eleven touches in our box in the second half. This is when we were actually yeah. dominant. They'd had eleven touches in our box. We'd had three in theirs. Yeah, yeah. It felt more dominant than it actually was. Yeah, because overall for the for the match, our shot quality was only point zero six, which is terrible. Um, and I'll just do the second half match summary as well for the moment. We weren't we have- putting them open. No, 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 no. We, I think I think we 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 stopped conceding the big chances, and it was more a, a much more fifty fifty game. But like we, although we t- we had shots, they were just like more like pot shots, weren't they? But we just finally had. I think the point was we finally actually had a little bit of pressure um, ourselves. Um, so fifty five forty five percent possession to Arsenal in second half. Uh, we actually outshot them 10 to 5 in the end. Three shots on target to zero, and it was one big chance each. Um, and the expected goals was 0.5 to us and 0.4 to Arsenal. So, yeah, pretty close to a 50-50 game again, just like the league game at Anfield. Um, and, and Hamza, um, a, a nice little moment of quality to actually to settle the game. Uh, yeah, uh, on the break, grabbing to Nunez. Uh, Nunez into Jota and then Jota into Diaz and a really nice first time finish uh, at the near post I think it was first time uh, yeah um, really good break uh, that, that's but that is exactly what those players in particular as in those I've, I've just <coughs> named that, that's what they thrive at and that's what this team in particular is really good at on the break uh, transition uh, yeah so really nice finish uh, clinical way to end the game it, it really 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 does help that Jota can come on from the bench. He's excellent, I think. In that. he's looked really sharp since he's come back, hasn't he? Generally, yeah. uh, which really sharp. In, if there is a player of the, the the forward group that is the most likely to be able to sort of cover for Salah in the, like the large capacities, I, I think it will be him um, because uh, he does everything really well. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of XG and XA, he had 0.14 in his 31 minutes so per 90. That's a Point mm. four two, right? Which is almost as good yeah. as Odegaard's point four three, which was the best in the match. Uh Trent was point two five for what it's worth. Uh point two one of which was XA. Uh but yeah, uh nice finish of the match. Uh the only other thing I probably would mention are the other young boys that came on, Bobby Clark and Connor Bradley. Mm. Uh, Bradley. Um mm. Bradley played really well. Uh Clark played really well too. Uh yeah. Um a- a- again, you can't really read too much into fifteen minutes. Um even, even though it's 15 can, think, minutes at Arsenal. But, yeah, I was going to say, I think you can if those 15 minutes were at the Emirates, mate, against a strong Arsenal team. Uh, well, it, well, you're, I, I, I never like to talk uh, young players up too much because I, I, no. I'm loath to put pressure on them. But yes. if you want to sort of uh, recap their performance, you, you're welcome to. No, no, it's it's fine. We, we you know, because um, it, it, it was just, it was just like like really rosy performances. Um, so it was, it was, it was a nice positive. I just wanted to say from Bart's stats pack and gave Arsenal a 63% chance of winning this match. Ha ha. And the two nil scoreline uh, was only a 3% chance on the Monte Carlo, which is a thousand Sims on the, on the match. So um, yeah, so a, a bit of a, a bit of a smash and grab. Now, Bart, um, Sai, you wanted to talk about um, Diogo Jota at the end of the last part and we never got the chance. Do you want to give him some praise now instead? Because he continued his remarkable run of goals and assists and his frequency he, of his goal and bomb. Jota has has a goal every a goal assist every every 80 minutes this season. That's astonishing. Yeah, he is he is he is producing 
how you would expect an 85 million pound player to produce. And if you look at the squad as a whole, if we can keep him fit, as long as one of them is producing like an 85 million pound striker, who cares? So what, so what are you so what are you saying that we need to go and erase the um the transactions and swap the transactions for the two and players. no one would care at all. Yeah, absolutely no one would care. I love how in the last three weeks, through his absence at first, and now now in the last two games, that people have cottoned on to, actually he's quite good. Because yes. it, it, apart from in the ground, when he gets his, his song song, because he's got a cool song, um, so he, when he's not even there, he gets his song song because <clears> he's got a cool song. Um, but fans generally, he's always the fourth player on the on the um, choice or fifth player, fifth attacker to be picked amongst fans, mm. and and suddenly he slid up the game board, and and I enjoy it, and I think he's great. Yeah, I, I you know I've always been a huge Jota fan, as you know. But um, Hamza, if there's one thing we've learned in the last uh, seven days in the UK, it's that we 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 can get big companies like Fujitsu to go into accounts electronic accounts and change them directly. So maybe we could ask them to do that with ours and Nunes and Jota. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Yeah. Do you reckon they'd be up for that? Uh, yeah, I don't, no, I, I, I don't think uh, price, people pay too much attention to price tags anymore. Uh, anyway, so... I, I, it's just 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 banterous fans <laughs> but yeah uh, it, just just for the sake of uh, the the books and uh, the record yeah. public record yeah I'm sure that could be done yeah absolutely um yeah so there you go so uh, now Sai, um uh, let me can't finish this game without talking about uh Trent for the injury reasons um did you see this happen during the game yeah. itself yeah, yeah, he got he, he got his blood twisted by Martinelli, and uh, on a le- on a on one turn, I was just talking about this with an ACL rehab uh, player. I have that um, the cut, the turn, the change of direction, it needs to be um, with a bent knee. And if you try to stand, if you try to turn with a straight leg, um, it feels jarring, and doing it quick leads to this. And that's just what happened. He just, he just, uh, he got a little bit uh, flat-footed, which has caused the jarring. Quick uh, switch, switch to the hips, turn it outside. He tried to turn, and he just like jarred his foot. Um, so we got, uh, I think he's got a medial ligament sprain. We, we the tear word sounds sounds terrifying. If I said it's a sprain, you you everyone will go, oh, he's fine. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yes. What do you think? I, I, I've no idea. I just listened to what Pep said, and Pep loves to lie about injuries. But um, if... well, I wouldn't say it's just him. I'd no. say Jurgen's got form for it too. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but I do know that that Trent is a fast healer. Good. Which is great. Yeah. Um, so. If what if the words he used were to describe it were accurate, I think it's a four to eight week problem. But with Trent, it could be earlier. Yeah. So 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 those projections of uh, four to eight weeks generally is a, is it's around the average footballer. Yeah. But you can be much more specific with uh, knowing the actual number of fibers that percentage of fibers that are torn because that's what a sprain is. Uh, 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 a low is less than five percent of the fibers torn. But you can um, be specific about knowing the player's history of recovery. And and Trent is traditionally a very fast healer. Yeah, yeah. Which is, 
positive. So let's fingers crossed because that's a big deal. Starting the next game without your your biggest goal scorer, your best creator, your second yeah. best creator, your third best creator. That's yeah. quite a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing you're only bothered about the Bournemouth game, really. You, you don't really care about this result. Yeah, beat Arsenal, yeah, but you don't really mind. You don't really care. Bournemouth is all that you're bothered about. Yeah, I don't care about the other games at all. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's uh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth are in a, a, good, a good run of form as well. Uh, well, it's, I'm never worried about these because I'm like, if you're just if you're supposed to win the league, you just beat this. Oh yeah, teams. Otherwise, you're just, not supposed to win the league. But we're just making it harder for ourselves by going in without your best players. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, even then, the understood. I actually am very uh, optimistic about Bradley. My my reservations about Bradley were not that he wasn't potentially a very good player. It was just that Klopp didn't seem to be choosing him. He was it. He would choose alternatives before him, um, and we have that with play, with kids sometimes. And and so I'm reading the history of of behaviour. We would talk up a player, one of the kids, and then two weeks he wouldn't pick him for three weeks, and he would pick somebody out of position to cover a position for three weeks, and then the kid would go out and loan somewhere. And at having already been talked up, so I, I wondered if if that was this. But literally, I was talking yesterday to one of his uh, Northern Ireland coaches, and he couldn't be more effusive. He's like he thinks he's a generational one, potentially an all-time Northern Ireland great. I know it's only Northern Ireland, but they've had some very good players. Yeah, yeah, some of the best players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Samza, um, opportunity knocks. Um, so I just mentioned Conor Bradley. Um, and he gets a huge start in the League Cup semi-final home leg as part of a really, um, a quite an interesting team selection. Uh, yeah, a uh, fairly strong team. Well, pretty strong team, given uh, who's available. Uh, Keller has swapped for Alisson in goal because it's uh, it's his cup competition. Yeah. Gomez at left-back again, Virgil Pitts. Uh, uh, he was at centre-back alongside Canate. Uh, Bradley right back, uh, midfield three of Jones, McAllister, and Gravenberg, uh, and the midfield and the forward line of uh, Diaz, Jota, and Elliot. Uh, so yeah, a pretty sort of strong. Uh, Nunez was unwell, I think. Was it? Was that it? I think he said that there was. It wasn't. It wasn't Dom's. Like Sai said, he think he got. So he definitely mentioned he was cramping or something. Sai. Oh, that was that. You know, you're right. It's it was cramping. Yeah, he felt cramping. I think in his calf. Uh, uh, in the Arsenal match, I think. Uh, yeah. So um, he's, yeah. he's he's not built yet to go back to back to back, is he? That's for sure. Mm-hmm. We got to have to manage it. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, pretty pretty strong team. But in a pretty sticky first half against Fulham, um, he, there's an argument to say that Conor Bradley was actually our best performer. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. 
and then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I th- or one I think, of them, anyway. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think Liverpool sort of laboured a bit. Uh, and I thought Liverpool had a, a lot of possession but couldn't quite sort of um, break through Fulham's block, um, which, which which happens uh, this happens normally and it happens especially uh, when you've got a lot of matches and players are tired and you're missing best creator best forward blah 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 uh, which is quite normal uh, one, one sort of um, thing I, I, I noticed and I thought just was a bit of a shame is um, is that McAllister's been playing deep uh, which which he has to do um, and yes. he's capable and of away. he's almost not here mm-hmm. um, yeah. but in the match against a, a team that sits in a low block uh, having McAllister further up is ideal really so last season he was zone 14 which is the the box the area just outside the penalty area uh so think of a box in the central channel of the pitch excluding the half spaces that's just in front of the penalty area that's zone 14 that's where uh it's really dangerous area right uh and that's where McAllister was had the most pass receptions and most passes played from last season. He's really active in there. He's it, one of his best strengths has been able to find space and just slip passes yeah. uh, in and out from there. And having that against a low block is enormously useful. And that's where he really sort of profited under Deserby last season. Um, but if he's playing deeper, which he can do, which is fine. Uh, he also did for Brighton as well under Potter. Uh, although I think he said when Graham Potter asked him to play there. He said he was very grateful for it, and he, and he learned from it, and he became sort of more physically robust because of it. But he said, "I, I wanted to kill him, kill, him, kill Graham, uh, because he he played him there. Uh, he much prefers to play higher up." But yeah, w- one of the shames of um, Enzo being away is that McAllister has to play a bit deeper, so you lose that element from him. Uh, and I, I think that just would have been a lot more useful in terms of accessing Jota, accessing Diaz with, with smart, quick passes. Uh, and uh, the midfield wasn't quite functioning right. I think uh, Gravenberg just had a really bad day. Uh, but yeah, um, first half wasn't wasn't very good. Yeah, there was it was um, it was a bit of a tedious game. I was I, I I was lucky enough to have a ticket for this one, and uh, but that first half was it was a difficult watch because I mean there was only eleven shots in total. It was like attack against defense. We had seventy percent possession, but there was 0.49 xg in total. There was pretty egregious time wasting going on from Fulham, and they got a really bad goal to to go in with a lead. Everybody was getting wound up by the refs. I, you weren't impressed with Virgil's performance at all in that first half. You thought you were he was he, he was running the risk of a red card. It was a pretty shitty half, really, all told. Um, yeah, we, I don't think we played great, but it, it was one of those. It felt like it was one of those times when. Um, Early in, in the early rounds of uh, of the Caribou, uh, when you have lots of rotation, of which we had, um, that you get f- five rotations uh, changes. We ha- you get a whole bunch of lads who units have never played together before, and that's what we ended up with. Um, and when when the units not played together before, the the synergy, the timing of of their movements. Um, they don't dovetail. They're not in sync. They're not synchronized, and and then it looks terrible. So the timing of their press isn't. The angles of their press doesn't work. 
but Fulham didn't have an awful lot of the ball, so that, that didn't really matter. But we couldn't create we couldn't create um, pressure on them with the ball. So we couldn't create any transition moments and we weren't passing fast enough. If you watch that, so much of the play was one, it was two, three, four touches before we make a, made a pass. Um, and in the previous, I don't know, I, I think the previous five games in, in the, our three best moments of uh, those five games, um, we've, we've suddenly come alive and then there's been one and maximum two touches, really hard passes, trusting one another to receive the ball in any, uh, at any angle in any situation, but playing it in an angle that you can then, that they can deliver um, to the next player in the pattern. So lots of planned patterns emerging across the pitch. And we didn't really have any of those. It just felt very disjointed. And that's what disjointed means that the patterns of play that we practice in training don't occur on the in in a match day pitch. Yeah. Um one positive um again was Curtis Jones, say. Um he's got ninety eight percent pass completion in this match. Yeah. And and the goal. He he overall I mean I like Bradley, but Jones was, was terrific again, wasn't he? Yeah, he's another one of those he's another one of those like Trent I said earlier, he's he's becoming a leader. He's yeah. properly. He wants to be the the guy, and he's starting to feel like he is. Actually, it's not just Trent. He's not Trent's mate. He's not just Trent's mate anymore, is he? You know? No, nah, well, he's Gakpo's mate. Um, <laughs> he, is, he is. But but like, it's those things. I'm I'm sure the um, Hamza sees this from being around training, right? That you don't. That fans don't don't see is the interpersonal relationships and the there is a very strict hierarchy in a in a football team and a football squad right and if you buy a foreign player like a, a decent star or or a player that thinks he's a star or has got some acclaim you spend lots of money on and they come in and one they don't only make friends with they they treat with like absolute respect as a footballer your talents like you can see these players flourish. It's a real way of of um, of developing young talent because it, it's like it, it, it gives, it's the opposite of how we parent kids in the, you know, parents these days just say, yeah, you're brilliant for every time a, a kid breathes in. Aren't you a star? Or, you know, the over-effusive praise. They don't, kids don't believe it. And so they don't develop self-confidence they develop self-confidence from success, from seeing objective challenges that they've, uh, that they have succeeded in and from people get, getting praise from people they respect and you get in these foreign, foreign stars in and they're saying nice things to you when there's no reason for them to, mm. other than it's true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really important. It's, it's, I, I think it's a really key element of our, this new squad being built. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Hamza, um, can I ask you a, a kind of transfer-related question? <laughs> oh, yeah, go for so there's a lot of Liverpool fans on the internet who want us to sign Joao Paulinho. How did you think he did in this match? Um, well, I, I, I wouldn't want to sign Joao Paulinho. Is... But there's a lot of Liverpool fans who do. Aren't you? you must have seen all this, right? Well, yeah, and I, he was also linked with Bayern Munich, and I, I didn't yeah. understand that at all. Yeah. 
Uh, I think what he does really well is he tackles really well and recovers the ball really well. And yeah. I think that's about it. He's a really good tackler. It wins mm. the ball a lot. But I, I think that's the sum of what he does. And I think if you want to play for Liverpool, you have to show in this midfield that you mm. have to be far more flexible. As as we just discussed earlier, right? So mm. you look at the... the even, like, even if Gravenberg didn't have a, a, a good game today, there are qualities there that you can see with him. You go, oh, wow. There are elements there that could be really, really, really good. You've got McAllister can play as a ten, plays as a six, plays as an eight. Uh, he can receive in any situation, release in any situation. He, he he can finish. He's not like a goal scorer, but he can sort of hmm. contribute in that way. He's very smart at finding space. Curtis Jones. He's, he's yeah. multifunction, multifunctional. He's quick. He's strong. Hmm. He can dribble. Yeah. It, 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 this isn't necessary, but he's got flair. He, he can shoot. You've got Sobersly, who can rack up 13K in a match can shoot, who can spread the plays, good, who's both footed, can play six, eight, and ten. The, yep. All of these elements are, are, are really useful, and and all these players can tackle as well. Uh, uh, so McAllister is a really, really, really technical player who can actually play as a six. He, he's not a six. He's not a defensive. He was actually six, quite. Right? He was actually quite physical in this game. I thought McAllister. Yeah, as, he as, really as, got stuck in. Yeah. If you look at his numbers when he's playing there for Brighton as well, he was he, he was doing quite well in terms of tackle volume, ball recoveries, yeah. all that sort of stuff. He, 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 it's not his, his position, but he can do it to a good yeah. passable standard, more than passable standard, actually. Um, Palina can't do all the other things. And I, I, I just wouldn't, personally, I, I wouldn't entertain uh, the idea of Palina playing. Uh, and I, I think with Endo, we've already seen that he, 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 when he was in his younger years in the, in the Bundesliga, he was also a bit more than just a, he, he could dribble. He could move the ball forward quite well. We've seen that he, he basically put uh, Endo played for a team in the Bundesliga who's in the same position as Fulham are in the Premier League, basically. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, he he did have a lot more in terms of output, in terms of especially in terms of the final third of the pitch. Yeah, but in you know, Bart's always does his stats backs and stuff like that, and look at the Fulham passing networks. He did observe like pa- Paulini has only got one connection to a Fulham player around him he's, he's, in terms of a network there was no network through him he was just like an end point and, uh, and it was the only one he had was with Castagna who's a fullback so mm-hmm. yeah yeah anyway can, yeah. I, can I say For my favourite my favourite pulling your moment go on when Connor Bradley slipped the ball through his legs and he <laughs> tremendous can we just say on Connor Bradley right 19 ground jewels in this match um that is a we 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 talked about. I think Zabozla got twenty in one of his first performances this season. We called that out as a really high, freakishly high number. But yeah, nineteen for Bradley. He he really did. He put in some great challenge. He was going in for some forty sixties at some point. I thought Sai as well. Remember yeah, 50 he's, he's not messing about that kid. No, no, and he's not. He's he's quite slight, really. He's gangly, isn't he? He's tallish but slight. Yeah, but he's one of those. He's one of those like wiry, strong motherfuckers. Tenacious. Like, yeah, he's just, you wouldn't want to get in a fight with him. Nice. You think he's dirty? He's just, vicious. He, he's sneaky strong. So, so in a weight room, you would, you would look at his, you'd look at uh, his size and I don't know, he's going to be 70 kilos, <clears throat> probably 70, 72 kilos. So you stick 70 kilos on a bar and go on, go and see if you can squat this, stick a box under his butt and see if he can touch down. And then uh, he, he gives you two of those, and then you keep going, and suddenly he's he's banging out 150 kilos, 
And <laughs> you go and like, like he's just sneaky strong, and his power to weight ratio will be phenomenal. Nice, nice. That's what we want to hear. Um, now, um, we know Hams is the most diplomatic member of this this podcast crew. Good, nice bender skills. He, I'm going to be a lot meaner about Ryan Gravenberch than Hamza was, and I'm going to say he was fucking dreadful, and his work rate was almost disgusting. Say in this match because he. I, I would was- like to confirm that nobody has inf- infuriated me for their lack of arse. He just could not be asked. Whenever he lost the ball, he you're in the ground. What, yeah. it, it felt like he was flinging his arms in the air. He, he did. He, he was flouncing almost a couple of times, and um, and there was the the the, 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 the centenary style, the Kenny Dalglish as it now is, really did give it to him twice for not he's losing it, and then not immediately working his ass off to win it back. See, and the Anfield crowd are quite forgiving of lots of things, even lack of talent and lack of ability. If, if you work hard, if you work your fucking balls off. Do you know, um, do you know, do you know who, who the last person I would say gave me this feeling that he just could not be, he was so busy blaming other people for his inadequacies and then couldn't be asked to do anything about it. Jamie Redknapp. I love Jamie Redknapp. Um, (laughs) It it was Juf. Oh, well, gosh. Well, God, there's a cursed figure. Don't, yeah. No, oh, God. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's a Yeah. Boy, look on because you need, to, you need to look at that attitude, young man. Yeah. And I think you remember the interview when, when we were really bad last season still and um, everybody was talking about Nunes and, and Gakpo and then, and, then, and then Klopp stood up in the press conference and said, the, the ticket into this team is pressing, right? Gagan pressing. Yeah. And but I don't know how you can say that now if he's picking Gravenberg. Maybe it's he... just it's just legs. At this point, it's just another warm All right. body. Just bodies, right. Okay. At this just point. another warm body. Right. Okay. And 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 he knows and he's hoping and he's dragging him off. Like I, okay, I've got just about enough out of this, so I'll, he can he can come straight off here. He's been sub so so Grav, right, bear in mind when we signed him uh, at the end of August and he got a bed in and he didn't have a full preseason with us and, you know, he's got to build into training. And at what point do you think he would have been up to uh, uh, fit enough to play a full match? Hmm. When? when? What would you say? Oh, well, based on Fabinho, we didn't get in the team until October. <laughs> but from a fitness perspective? Yeah, yeah. All right. When would he be fit enough to play a full match? Gosh. Yeah, end of September? He's yet to play one. Oh, isn't he? So he's he's played twenty three. He's played twenty three times for Liverpool. He's been subbed off thirteen. He's he's subbed on ten. Oh wow! So he's yet to do a full, a full match. Wow. Yeah. So this is at the opposite to say like Zabozlai early in the season where he just literally played every minute. And never ran got him into the ground. Yeah, yeah. 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 He <laughs> but he was doing all of the stuff that we need yeah. for the system to work. Yeah, yeah. And and Grav's been the opposite of that. So. He, yeah, the only thing with this is it is possible for Liverpool teams to have a player who is in quotes a luxury player, and they're always called historically called luxury players because they don't work as hard and they they're not the piano carriers; they're the piano players. But you can be that luxury player if you're fucking absolutely brilliant, right? Now, the thing with Klopp is usually his 
piano players have been piano carriers as well. That's the beauty of it. But so, but Granberg's got nothing. He's got he hasn't got anything tangible on his you know massive in, in credit in the output column to justify him being for the lack of work rate. And Rosie was watching this. Um, so he would have come on and said this. He wasn't collecting the press in, but he was. He said he was wincing at watching some of Grav's off the ball stuff because he was so poor. And it was just massive. There was no, there's no dovetailing with the players around him, and there's no. Um, and he just leaves gaping holes right in the middle of the pitch. It's a it's a quandary, say. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs Mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. He's a flat track bully for now and he's only a flat track bully in Europe. Hmm. He has he has numbers in Europe. He's got I think he's got a goal or assist every 116 minutes, but but that's inflated by playing absolute cack in Europe. But let's he- let's Let's be he honest, it is talent. year one. Yeah, he it's year one. Talent. Yeah. And he's 21 and it's year one. So, but he's got a lot of work to do from this point. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about something more positive, Hamza? Should we talk about the subs? Uh, yeah. yeah we, we, we were getting sort of, uh, second half, we were getting opened up on the counter quite a bit. Mm. Uh, there, there, there was a possibility and probability that they could have scored a second if they're a bit sharp. Yeah, we were getting quite where, we were getting a bit frayed, weren't we, at the edges and our... to Cordova Reed had a shot when he oh, had squared yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, that was just a bad decision. But um yeah, there, there was an opportunity that, that Liverpool could have gone to and all down uh, just because of how open they were chasing, but like it's a second string team. Um but yeah, yeah, Cody came on uh, and Nunez came on and Nunez got two assists. Cody got the goal. Um uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The the changes were were good. They worked really nicely. Uh, who's uh, but Jones got the the first one, I think, and then the the goals came. I think in two minutes, the the deflected goal from from Jones. Yeah, sixty uh, sixty two minutes was the uh, the cord of a read chance. Oh, so it was, it was just after the the subs then, wasn't just, it? Yeah, just, six yeah. minutes after. Yeah, I oh, know. Just be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six minutes after the subs. Yeah, but it was. I thought was, was the immediate point after the subs came on, it was a bit. Chaotic. It was. It, it seems to, everybody was seemed to be looking at each other, saying, "Well, what's the formation here? How are we? How are we playing?" And it took a few minutes for us to settle down, right? Until yeah, they... I, I guess. Well, what I've just said is Liverpool could have conceded on transition, but at the same time, it came an open match. And if you're going to go, if you're going to have an open match, yeah, and your players are Willian, Pereira, and Harris, uh, and Decorative uh, Reed, that's good for you. But Liverpool have Diaz, Jota. Jones, McAllister, Diaz, Gakpo. 
And yeah. if it's an open match, there's one team that's going to probably fare better in that. Uh, so yeah, maybe it was a bit sort of calculated in that regard. But um, yeah, for for a little while, it, 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 there didn't seem to be structure, but it, in the, in some ways, struct- no structure, basketball sort of style. There was one moment. Play. There was one moment I thought um, at uh, just just before the first goal. Where we did Jones basically every was suggesting the centre circle, and Jones put a pass out to the left wing, very simple pass into space, and I think it Jota, I think Jota or Nunes latched onto it, and but it was just a really simple ball into space, and says okay, let's play with some width, <laughs> and then and everybody seemed to settle down a bit after that and, and get into a really nice you know attacking rhythm. Um, I just give the stats quickly for the second half. Sixty-five uh, percent possession for us. Uh, Fourteen shots to two. Six on shots on target to one. Two big chances to nil, and then six. Uh, then one point five xg for us, and just point one for Fulham. Um, and I guess the only man to talk about really, um, Hamza, is, is is Big D, Big Darwin Nunes, because he was um, he was unbelievable when he came on. He's he's like a Tasmanian devil. Uh, yeah, uh, is is that going to be his, his name from now on, Big D? Well, Big D. Well, some people are calling him Captain Chaos. I've seen on Twitter. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so um, he, he gets the assist for the first goal. But I, I think the key, the key actual person here is, is, is Jota for that because uh, he, yeah. he as the header wins it, then carries it, then makes a tackle. Then Nunez yeah. is there and feeds it off to uh, to Jones gets a deflected shot. But yeah, he he was involved in. He, he's such a brilliant sort of threat to have and this is a, an encapsulation of him at his best and I, I know he has that chance later on where he probably should score but I think in complete defence of him in, in this situation that's a really good save from Leno he employs a nice spread technique hmm. from close range I think that's the optimum sort of save style in that situation makes a good save uh, the assist for Gakpo was good as well uh, hmm. yeah uh, the, the, one of the things that just deserves like mentioning what doesn't deserve to be sort of discussed is uh, there probably should have been a penalty when uh, the ball hit Robinson's hand but yeah uh, Nunez was really good yeah and also it freed, it freed I mean Jota was one of one of our livelier players first half but when 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 Nunez came on it just freed him up even more and Jota played even better mm-hmm. yeah uh, and uh, what what as in as we sort of like mentioned before is like uh, when Nunez can can run freely it it, it Forces defences to go backwards. Yeah. He occupies defenders and creates space for the rest of his teammates. Doesn't and he? for someone like Jota, who, who loves to occupy those spaces between the lines mm. and just receive on the turn and get a shot off quickly, or receive in an awkward position, or work off a knockdown. And defenders are always scared of Nunez, so they'll double up on him and leave a little mm. bit more space for the slightly smaller guy, who is arguably more effective and uh, and more crafty in front of goal. Yeah, uh, that works. That works a treat, really. Yeah, the blend's the blend's really good with those. I mean, and and Sai, and I know we we don't collect the press anymore because the, you know Rudy's new job and everything. But I think if we did, we would see some serious numbers for Darwin Nunes in this in his cameo because he he was ferocious and he was he was charging down everybody across the back four and the goalie, like, you know, for, for like half an hour straight, wasn't he? He was, he was, he was great when he came on. Uh, but the game perfectly suited him once. Can I just say it perfectly suited him once we went ahead, thanks to a very big deflection. Yes. So we can talk about uh, like the subs and how we change the game and blah, 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 blah. Two games, two tons of luck to get us uh, to get us the first goal. And Lucky then goal. it it's changes everything because we gambled on a trans- transition. Yeah. What, what you guys were talking about uh, blaming this. Well, 
attributing the change to the subs. Mm. Between the sub and our goal, we had one touch in their box. Yeah. They had four <clears throat> touches in our box and they had two really, really good chances to nil. Yes. Yes. In that in so that the, in that the first big eight... moment in the game was that big deflection. Yeah. And then everything changed. Okay. And we were fantastic after that. Okay. Yeah, and it but what um I was trying to say was that the overall intensity of the team was better. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, saying yeah. that with that you said that it's much more fun. Yeah, and there was there was no there was no gaping hole in the press anymore. It was much more synchronised. There were no weak links there, and that you know, and and, and Gak, Gakpo played in midfield again. He had a couple of nice touches, and he had a beautiful finish for that for the second goal. So really cute finish. Yeah, it was a really really good finish. Um, that you can, it was a much better attribution. He took of, it. He took it early, didn't he? Yeah, it was a much better attribution of an assist than the first one for, um, <laughs> for Darwin. But Darwin's racking up assists here. Um, but yeah, I think he's done this. Or um, I think this is his third goal in the season that he scored from outside the near post. Really? Yeah. Um, and he famously got he famously got one against Man United like that, didn't he? Last year. There you go. It's yeah. It's it's just a good finish. He is a good finisher. Mm. I think you just need to shoot more. He just reminds you how many times did we talk about Bobby doing this? Just yeah. in the fucking box. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. there were moments we put in really good crosses. I thought Connor Bradley mm. was, was a really good traditional attacking uh, right. Yeah. Back. He got up and, and down. And he, yeah. he obviously picked out um, Darwin beautifully. And then he got in the hot he, earlier in the game. He'd been in the hot zone twice, made a pullback right across the six yard box to nobody. Because yeah. because because we got lads that were just um, that that were delayed and sat back one uh, behind the penalty spot and one outside the box for the glory goal. We <laughs> like you expect Jota to be in there for the for the sniffers goal for the finish. But yeah, but it was um, yeah, it was Cody. Yeah, it was Cody. Well, he's still by penalty, uh, like penalty spot level. But yeah. yeah, it was it was Cody for the for the uh, a great pullback from Darwin. Yeah, and and I think one of the ones I liked, uh, you know about Darwin as well was the the header one I thought that was a tremendous effort because there was just it was just a looping ball in but he he he, he didn't half generate some power that was I thought that was his best moment you know what in terms of in terms of a goal a goal of contribution anyway so um I I guess we I think I, I personally I'm now moving on from the the um this is my mere culpa moment, I think, on Nunes. I'm moving on from focusing purely on the finishing because there's enough there. There's easily enough there when you see him like that to to say that he's just he's, he's a team player now. He, the, he, the, he's part of the system, and we're getting the best out of him. But think back to those first three months, side when you used to basically just say that Darwin was winning the walking and the jogging all the time. Yeah. That that is a distant memory now. That kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's a functioning member of the team. He absolutely. makes. The the weakness now is that he makes bad choices sometimes, yeah. but they're the things that can be educated out. Yeah, and then it's the composure in front of goal. But we're talking about perfection here. It's like when when you're talking about uh, it's all about his finishing because there was nothing else in his game. Yeah, you, like I was saying with Gravenberg, he was a luxury player because he wasn't part of the system. Yeah, 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 exactly. So now he's not make, he's not making a big hole where he's supposed to be pressing anymore. So he's not a threat. Yeah, uh, he's not causing us threat. He's yeah. just causing them threat. And uh, there are still like there are types of game where he is most suited. And at the end of the game, like there can't be many better subs in the world when when you've got 
tight defence, but also uh, a defence that are willing to push high yeah. and transition, because that's where he lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Hamza, was there anybody else that particularly oppressed you the second half? Anybody else um, who wanted to give special mentions to that you haven't? No, no I, I, I just thought it was an all right performance from the team. I uh, didn't yeah. think they were super special, but uh, but yeah, there's some yeah. I, I so don't what, have too much more to say. So, what do you think this means for the rest of the season, now, Hamza? Do we, are we um, are we going to play every possible game again, like two years ago? I think the the plan is to, uh, and I think. <laughs> Well, as in, so, so you laugh, and I, I imagine many of uh, the listeners might be split, and some may think that they want a, a tilt at all four competitions, and some may, the lesson that they will have taken from two seasons ago uh, is that it's just not worth it. And when you look at the sort of final five games of that season in the Champions League final and the Spurs match, you go, oh, yeah, it probably wasn't worth it. However, I, I think the lesson that, that, that Klopp and the the coaching staff have probably taken from that is well we just need a bit more to, to do that properly as in that, that that's the lesson that they would have taken it's not that Liverpool shouldn't have competed in the FA Cup and the League Cup uh, in their, their quest for the quadruple it's that they they should be doing this and all they need is a little bit more depth a little bit more energy and a little bit more strength in the in the final sort of fifth of the season and that would have put them over the edge uh, so um, uh, yeah I, I think Klopp is I think he took not getting all four personally and I think it would have hurt even more seeing City get the treble last season and all the accolades that came with that because that probably wasn't City's best team and Liverpool's team a season before was better than that team and arguably City's team a season before was also better than that team as well yeah. so I think that really would have stung and these are we often forget these are just um super super competitive people and they take everything personally and it, it, it's what makes them who they are that they think that they can get a bit more out of them than perhaps the science says as in when a manager gets hired they'll look at a squad and go yeah yeah I think I think it's it's an all right squad but I reckon I can get more out of it and that's without even adding some players and that's what makes managers managers they believe they can squeeze yeah. out a little bit more so as in that's what you've got to praise and thank Klopp for in, in achieving all that he has done so far and that means that he's going to take these cups really seriously and I think as in uh, fine that's how they're going to do it um, and to, I remember when I, when I the only issue is about going with four trophies but one of the issues is you, you just run out of money trying to watch all the fans <laughs> I, remember, uh, I had to just think are you saying just think of the fans the, <laughs> the, the, the good thing is that um, the, the uh, Europa League isn't too far away yeah, uh, and I think uh, there's a lot of fans that will accept that they won't be able to watch the match in the stadium, but will actually have an ex, ex a fabulous experience outside if if Liverpool gets the final. Yeah. I remember going to the the Oof. FA Cup semi uh, in the quadruple season as <laughs> wow. well, and oh, did that Arsenal away Champions League final? Yeah, it, it takes a, quite a significant sort of toll on your your bank account. But um, if they do it every two years, sure, whatever. Yeah, so <laughs> surely it's all there. Uh, surely it's all uh, being picked up on the tab by the Times, Hamza. Well, no, if, if I'm working the match, then yeah. <laughs> but as, if I'm going as a fan, no chance. Yeah. Uh, so, Sai, uh, same question to you, mate. Um, you know, obviously you're not ecstatic that we're going to be playing, every, aiming to play every single game of the season again, but you have noticed a significant change in strategy about how we're going about it. 
Yeah, sorry, I thought I was on mute. Um, we we are we are being maybe a little bit more strategic in how we're rotating and how we're using all the players, but maybe we have more players. But that being said, somebody decided we needed more players. Mm. So more, we're trusting more players. So quickly before, uh, so up to the same same stage in the quad season, we averaged three three point eight changes of starter per game. Um, and then from this point to the end of the season, it went up to 4.3. Um, last season was, uh, and then it became a, sh- a total shit show. Uh, this season, we have five changes per game. Already, wow. So we're, yeah, we're already up, what, yeah. 20, 28, 26, 28%. Wow. Um, and the big, but the big thing for me is that um, during the quad season, we were using 81 minutes a game. Um, we we're allocating 81 minutes a game for subs. Yeah. So the starters were getting 81 minutes a game rest. And this season, it's 125 minutes for subs. Wow. So we're giving significant, we're, we're paying more attention to freshness and to, to giving players rest. Um, Let's hope their strategic model works. This, this, the, that they can keep up. My, I, I obviously at this point we're trying for all the trophies. So go and try and fucking win every game. I, I don't think it's possible. I'm here for hope at the beginning of the season, and I, I'm the only player, person in the world that thinks we can win the league. Um, uh, which makes me more pissed off when we when we ruin the best chance we have of beating City by. Um, Taking the shine off our best players by fatiguing them in the in in competitions that if you want to win is fine by me as long as you don't pay your best players and take away their take away their best minutes. Can I? My last thing on this is if you compare the trajectory of our or with all the rotation and all of the substitution minutes we've been playing, which is strategic and smart, right? If you use the current traje- trajectory against playing all of the rest of the games this season uh, in the current rotation model that these players are, uh, are playing, yeah, we have Ali. Actually, we have. Uh, can you guess which players aren't exceeded going to be exceeding their their um, previous three year average? Which players are not i think it's a a decent is a decent test of um okay i've got one easy one andy robbo there you go so we've got ali or give you robbo who's been injured Uh, yeah who's who else is not going to exceed their three-year average yeah um on, hamza have a guess um Uh, mac nope Salah? Mac, Mac is absolutely going to bust through it. <laughs> I'm just going to... I need to I need to remind him. We just look at the line from Fulham. Mac, Mac's over 100% of his Who's average. Who's not going to break already. through it? Uh, Jota. Jota is not going to break yeah. it. You're right. But, so you've, you've pretty much got them. Of Go any on. of our actual players, uh, add in Thiago... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, sorry. Sorry. Don't don't give me hope here, right? What is the situation with Thiago Alcantara? Is he, might he actually be playing fit to play? I think he's got a chronic problem that's going to cost him his career. Right. Um, but what about this and, season? And they're going to manage him through it. That's it. So they're now getting him up to speed basically. 
tolerate what you're going to tolerate and then go and play. So you think FA Cup fourth round or, you know, end of January, we might see him back off as off as a sub for Liverpool? I think after the winter break, you're going to see him, yeah. Wow. Well, there's a bonus. There is a bonus indeed. Right. That, fun. that is the game changer. If you well, get Thiago in, it just changes everything. Even Thiago, if he, if he can't run. <laughs> Just anyway, um, just to see him play against United again is real sort of treat, yeah. And Andy Robbo back after and Andy Robbo and Simicast back after the international uh, the winter break as well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a the uh, well, no, I think the I'm looking at the dates now. Uh, I think you're looking at mid February for both of them to be back, but jo- oh, so so. Um, Robbo was originally meant to be start of January, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, God. All right. So they're, they're yeah, he's, uh, it seems like they're checking him against cricket modalities just to make sure he's got like full bowling range or something. Um, right. I, I, I'd, I'd have probably had him playing already, but, uh, but. Yeah. Oh, well. Health, health of the player. Yeah. So they're going to be really match? precious with him. Isn't it the 4th of, 4th of February or something? Yeah, so, that's. I think. I think that's the, the earliest chance you've got of seeing him. Okay. Salah might miss them, right? Salah might miss the Arsenal game if he if he goes on with um with 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 Egypt, right? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. All right. So I, I think actually probably got to given the way that he returned from Afcon two years ago. Oh yeah. Didn't quite. I think we've got to hope that he actually goes on and wins it and returns to Liverpool as the king of Africa because you can only imagine <clears> the, the sense of. Well, of, he was also playing Carlos Kiros ball, wasn't he? He was basically mm, yeah. stuck up front playing every single minute and just on his own and not getting any passes. It was a fucking absolutely nightmare. knackered. Now he's got runners. He's playing deeper and he's got runners yeah. all over the, all over the place. Oh, so excellent. Do less work. He's having way more fun. And, and other people are doing when he's running. Name. Excellent. That's what you build. They're building the team around him properly. Excellent could, news. Could you imagine a Salah returns with full sort of confidence mm. after the season he's already had mm. to a team that's chasing four trophies? That would be quite fun, wouldn't it? That would be extremely fun, Hamza. And Thiago. Amen to that, chaps. Amen to that. But we will be back um, after... What is, what is the next game? <laughs> is, the, is the Bournemouth game the next game? Yeah, and that'll be a single header. My gosh, we'll be able to do some stuff and maybe I'll do some extra analysis for you as well. Dr. Bartz might be back. But until then, enjoy your international break. Enjoy your winter break, people. Up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.